Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, October 10th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. senators propose to hit Turkey with sanctions after an offensive against Kurdish forces. The EU lays down a do-or-die situation for Boris Johnson ahead of crucial Brexit talks. And a leaked paper shows the outgoing president of the European Central Bank ignored advice from one of its own committees before pushing to restart its bond-buying program. Plus, the White House says it will not cooperate in an impeachment inquiry. The FT's Kadam Schubert explains what options are still on the table for U.S. congressional Democrats. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. senators are looking to punish Turkey after it launched an offensive in Syria on Wednesday. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan pushed for the attack against Kurdish forces and ISIS, saying it would, quote, eliminate the terror threat towards Turkey. Earlier in the week, President Donald Trump pulled U.S. troops out of the Syrian region that were backing the Kurdish forces. But as the consequence of his green light to Turkey provided by the withdrawal became clear, Mr. Trump called the attack a bad idea. And now U.S. senators are taking action. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham called the offensive a disaster in the making. He and Democratic Senator Chris Van Hollen said they would introduce a bill proposing severe sanctions on Turkey. And they expected the measure to draw broad bipartisan support. The EU also called on Ankara to stop the unilateral military action and warned it risked providing a fertile ground for the resurgence of ISIS. France has asked the UN Security Council to meet today to discuss what it described as a dangerous situation. EU leaders have hit Boris Johnson with an ultimatum. Keep Northern Ireland in the bloc's customs union or there will be no Brexit deal. Mr. Johnson is meeting with Ireland's Prime Minister Leo Varadkar today. Both sides are pessimistic about the progress ahead of next week's EU summit. The UK Prime Minister's current plan has Northern Ireland in the UK customs area, while placing the region under the EU's single market rules. He has rejected the plan drawn up by his predecessor, Theresa May, because he feels the Irish backstop could bind the UK into close ties with the EU. Downing Street believes the EU is basically playing a game of chicken, making demands that are impossible for Mr. Johnson to accept. And leaked information shows that concerns over the European Central Bank's bond-buying program fell on deaf ears. Three members of the ECB's governing council told the FT that the bank's monetary policy committee advised against resuming its bond purchases. That displeasure came in the form of a letter sent to outgoing ECB president Mario Draghi and other members of the governing council. But the council last month went ahead with its decision to restart quantitative easing anyway. It's one of the few instances in the eight years with Mr. Draghi at the helm of the ECB where the committee's advice was ignored. The leaking of the confidential contents of the letter highlights a deepening divide over the ECB's monetary policy. Last month, Germany's representative on the bank's executive board, Sabine Lautenschlager, resigned. Opponents to the loose monetary policy are expected to put pressure on Christine Lagarde for her to change course when she takes over at the ECB on November 1st. The concern over the ECB's quantitative easing has stretched to the U.S. too. Yesterday, the Federal Reserve released its September meeting minutes and noted that the ECB's loose monetary policy and resulting low inflation was a risk that could pose a threat to the U.S. also. This was added to a list of risks the Fed was worried might undermine the U.S. economy, led by the trade war with China. 
And here's a story you should know more about. On Tuesday, the White House told the U.S. House of Representatives that it would not cooperate in the House's ongoing impeachment inquiry. House Democrats subpoenaed U.S. Ambassador to the EU Gordon Sondland to appear before Congress, but the State Department ordered him not to testify. The House is focused on the July phone call between President Donald Trump and his Ukraine counterpart Vladimir Zelensky. In that call, Mr. Trump asked Ukraine to investigate 2020 presidential hopeful Joe Biden. So with the White House unwilling to play along, what options are congressional Democrats left with? The FT's Kadam Schuber explains. Congress really has three ways of getting information from people or institutions that don't want to play ball. One of them is that they can issue congressional subpoenas, and then they can try to enforce those subpoenas in court if the target doesn't comply. The other is that they can hold people in criminal contempt and make referrals to the Justice Department to prosecute such and such a person because they're in contempt of Congress. And finally, Congress has inherent contempt powers, which means that it itself can go out and arrest people, put them on trial in within Congress, and jail them for contempt until they comply and hand over documents or, or testify. So, Kadam, if the House committees take one of these routes, just one, could they turn into anything? The problem with litigating subpoenas is that it can be slow. So if the Trump administration wants to resist handing over information, you'll have proceedings at the district court level and then at the appeals court level, and maybe it'll go to the Supreme Court. And that all takes time. And it allows the Trump administration to delay handing over information that the Democrats need for their investigation. Then you have the idea of of making criminal contempt referrals. The problem with that is the Justice Department is part of the administration, part of the executive branch. William Barr, the attorney general, you know, was handpicked by Donald Trump and he serves at, you know, the president's will. Administrations of both parties have been pretty consistent in saying, you know, we don't, if, if Congress makes a criminal contempt referral about someone in our administration who's been ordered not to give information to Congress, then we don't have to prosecute that. And typically, the Justice Department does not prosecute that. Have we seen the White House basically say that they weren't going to cooperate with Congress during any of the other impeachment processes through American history, during the Clinton era, during the Nixon era? Has something like this happened before? What's more important, perhaps, for the Democrats than the legalistic, mechanistic ways that they can get information out of the administration is the politics of the White House's response to requests for information. So in the impeachment investigation into Richard Nixon, one of the articles of impeachment was obstruction, basically that Congress had subpoenaed information and Nixon had obstructed them. So now that the White House has said, we aren't cooperating with the impeachment investigation, they have left themselves open to accusations from House Democrats that they're obstructing the investigation. You could even see one of the articles of impeachment that may be drafted being obstruction as it was in the Nixon case. And the question then is, how does that play out in the eyes of the public? If Mr. Trump is saying that he did nothing wrong, if he's saying that his call with the Ukrainian president was perfect as he described it, then voters might ask, well, why aren't you handing over information? Why aren't you letting letting us see the record? Why aren't you letting officials testify 
to what you're saying, which is that nothing bad happened. So that's the politics of it, and that may be a more powerful weapon for Democrats than the legalistic tools that they have. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, Delta Airlines releases its quarterly earnings, and we'll be keeping an eye on the European Central Bank, which will release its September meeting minutes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. The FT has launched a new podcast called The Rockman Review, a weekly look at global affairs by the FT's chief foreign affairs commentator, Gideon Rockman. The show will take in some of the interviews with decision makers and analysts Gideon meets in his travels around the world, and will also draw on the FT's great network of foreign correspondents. The show is exclusively for FT subscribers, so if that's you, please go to ft.com forward slash Rockman Review and sign up for a taste of the global political debates that Gideon writes about in his columns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.